Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us for our broadcast today as we continue our series in how to avoid a divorce. And we're not talking about avoiding a divorce by legal means or canon law. We're talking about avoiding a divorce by increasing charity within your marriage, positive relationships. And today I'm going to start with reading the Bible a chapter a day, chapter a day solution for your marriage. And people think, what are you talking about? Well, if you remember, we have said already multiple times that your marriage is a barometer of your relationship with God. In Genesis chapter 2, we have the first mention of God's name, Yahweh, his covenant name, his covenant name being his relationship with his people. And in the same chapter, in chapter 2, we find God bringing forth Adam and Eve for the first marriage. Marriage is a reflection of the divine covenant, the divine relationship, and it's also a barometer. How do we know that? When we turn the page to Genesis 3, we find original sin breaking the bond with God, the covenant bond. As a result, the covenant of marriage then suffers. We have the first marital conflict, Adam blaming his wife Eve for his own doing. And then in the next chapter, we find the first murder occurring within a family. Now, here's my statement. I'll try to give you some support for it, but here's my statement. Regular engagement with the Bible will deepen your relationship with God. And what's the result of that? Well, it makes sense if marriage is a barometer of your relationship with God, and if regular engagement with the Bible deepens your relationship with God, the result is it will produce positive effects in your marriage. Now, I have to admit, you may never have heard this before. I would dare say many of you have not. So let's see what happens if we open the Bible to a passage in one of St. Paul's letter, the letter to Colossians chapter 3, I'm going to read you a section from Colossians 3 and see if you can follow with me. It begins with this, an exhortation. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, and patience, forbearing one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Now, let's say that you committed to 30 days of reading the passage from Colossians chapter 3 I just read to you. Don't you think that might help a relationship? Compassion, kindness, patience, forbearing one another, forgiving each other as God has forgiven us and putting on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. This is the stuff that will bind any marriage closer together in the bonds of Christ's love. Now, after you read this section, 
Notice what comes two verses after the passage that I just read to you in Colossians 3. We're still in the same chapter. We're just skipping a verse down to verse 16. And St. Paul says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You know, the Bible, and particularly in St. Paul's epistles, the second half of the epistles are practical applications of the truths he presents in the first half of the epistle. And so when he tells the Catholics in Colossians to have kindness, meekness, patience, forbearing one another, forgiving one another, have perfect harmony and love, he's not just throwing it out there and then having no way in order to implement that. He says, then let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. If you want the things that I just read about in Colossians 3, 12, 13, and 14, well then do verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now, am I yanking this out of context? We'll skip another verse down to verse 18. It talks about wives being subject to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. Do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents and everything, for this pleases the Lord. In other words, what would bind any relationship together, and particularly marriage, Paul opens with, then he has the means to achieve that. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, and he goes right into family life. And it's a shame in a way that you hear, well, read your Bible, and that will help you draw close to God, and it will, but folks don't seem to have the practical application for their marriage for that, because anything that improves your relationship with God is going to improve your marriage. And the reason is this. The Bible has the capability to transform your life. Now, You're going to have to get this rather clearly. Religious books, catechisms, theological books have great informative value, but by themselves, they lack the transforming power that Scripture has. And Scripture is very clear that all of us are in need of transformation in the Epistle to the Romans, St. Paul says this in chapter 12 and verse 2, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed. That We get the English word metamorphosis from this Greek word behind transformed, but be transformed. Well, how? By the renewal of your mind. How do you renew your mind? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So just remember, we don't simply want to read books about God. We want to read the book from God. And this is why I'm saying if you just make it a practice, a chapter a day, and you can do this by reading your Bible, obviously, in print. But today, you can read it on your smartphone. And uh, I really enjoy listening to the scriptures. Personally, I don't like the uh, dramatic additions. I just like the straight narration. But however you enjoy listening to scripture or reading it in print, it's the main point is having a meaningful engagement with scripture on a regular basis in order that you can have 
your life being transformed into the image of Christ. And as that is taking place, a very healthy byproduct of that will be a transformation of your marriage. Now, again, I think Catholics have a tendency to say, well, you know, the Bible, that's the Protestant book, and Catholics, we do other things. And, you know, that is really not true because there would not be a New Testament for anybody to enjoy in today's world, Protestant or Catholic, if it wasn't for the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church preserved the New Testament. And so it's wrong for Catholics to say, no, that's a Protestant thing. Catholics do something else. And yet I heard, and this is, this is a true story, unfortunately, the headmaster of a good Catholic school was talking with me how he might get the parents of his students to be more engaged, encouraged to become committed Christian disciples. And his suggestion was launching a parental group to study Plato. Now, a class on Plato would be highly informative, but it wouldn't be transformative the way that I'm trying to describe, because Plato, Aristotle, all the classics combined, while worthwhile, are not the living and active dynamic that's present in Scripture. Listen to what Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit and discerning the thoughts and tensions of the heart. It can get to the core of your being. And that's why kind of uh, surface remedies for marriage problems very often offer only temporary relief at best. Where, where heart surgery, this is where a marriage is changed at the depth of one's being. And I'm not saying you're going to read the Bible for four or five days and all of a sudden every marriage problem you ever have will be instantly gone. I'm not saying anything like that. But I'm talking about a growth, a transformation and it will show in all of your relationships, but especially your marriage relationship. And what we're talking about, too, is a relationship. You know, there's an astonishing paragraph in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It's paragraph 104, and it relates to Scripture. But listen to what it says. In the sacred books, the Father who is in heaven comes lovingly to meet his children and talks with them. Now, you know, you wouldn't expect if you're reading scripture to hear, you know, voices coming through the ceiling, but what it's talking about, if you have uh, make, making a little space in your life for quiet and then engaging in scripture and all I'm asking for is a chapter a day. If it's more than that, great, but start with a chapter a day. And when you uh, actually hear God speaking to you in that deep part of your life, it's life-changing. And that life change will show up in your marriage. And to me, it's kind of surprising we don't kind of combine the idea that Scripture can help our marriages, because it can. The reason? It helps our relationship with God. And if you start to hear God, and you know, I have to be very honest. Some days I'll either listen or read the Bible, 
and it's pretty dry. Uh, there's nothing that really hits me. There's nothing really that I feel is is inspirational. And maybe it's just, uh, you know, my outlook of that day or whatever. But if you have the discipline, the chapter a day, and you build the discipline, you're going to have days when you're going to find that that really speaks deep within you. And when you hear that voice, it transforms you. And once that happens, it starts transforming other aspects of your life, and particularly your marriage. And one of the things that I would urge is saying a simple prayer as you open the Bible. And people say, well, what, what prayer do I have to? And, you know, it can be the simplest prayer, probably more childlike and simple trusting is, is the best form. But there's a prayer out of Psalm 119 and verse 18 that I like a lot. You don't have to use this one. I'm just offering it as one example. It says this, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Lord, open my eyes or open my ears that I can hear your voice as I'm reading the scriptures. Now, a lot of people say, you know, I've gone to church all my life, and it seems to me that something is missing. I don't know quite what it is, but something seems to be missing because to me, even though I go and I plan to keep going to church on a regular basis. In all honesty, it's it's something routine. And this is a broadcast about marriage, but let me talk about your kids for 30 seconds. It may be the exact same thing which you feel is missing in your spiritual life, which might be missing in your marriage, might also be what's missing for so many young people who are leaving the church and quit practicing the faith. Because young people, if they find their faith routine, they're not like a lot of older folks who just have the discipline, well, I'm going to keep going to church even though it feels very routine. They'll split. They're gone. So I'm talking about something that across the board, your spiritual life, your married life, and even your family life. And what I'm talking about is a personal attachment to Christ. Uh, a living union with Jesus. And God expects us as we grow and mature. You say, well, I went to a catechism class when I was in the eighth grade or sixth grade or something, and, you know, that's when I quit growing. Well, you know, as you mature, as you go through life, as you develop your mind, if you go through college, God expects you to also increase your faith, your knowledge of him. And if you don't, basically to say, well, this is something I just, a routine I do, but you're not really sensing drawing near to God. Obviously asking God to open your heart as you go to mass so that the sacraments come alive to you. The same when you go to scripture. You don't want it to be a dead book. You want that Father in heaven to come and lovingly speak to you at the core of your being. And, you know, there's a passage in the Old Testament in one way, it's exceedingly serious. In another way, it's, it's hilarious because Ezekiel was taken by God. This is in chapter 37 of Ezekiel. And he was asked to look on this vision of this huge field of dry bones. Now, the dry bones were the Old Testament people of God. And 
pardon me, but, you know, now in the New Covenant, today in the church, there's a lot of dry bones. And you might be saying, that's what I'm talking about when religion for you becomes a routine or maybe a habit rather than something that's really grabbing you. Because what you want for your marriage is a living union with Christ. That is going to make a difference in your marriage. Not just going through a routine and basically not really engaging much in the Mass or getting much from the Mass. You want to kind of open things up. So God showed Ezekiel, the people of God, and they were dry bones. They were the spiritually lifeless people of Israel that religion for them. I'm sure it was like for many today, something routine. And it says in Ezekiel 37, and the bones were very dry. In other words, can this thing ever change? It seems like they're beyond recovery. And you might say even myself, you know, I've tried this and that, and it just doesn't seem to work. And God wanted to renew all of the people. God wants to renew you if you're listening to me today and your faith has become something uh, routine and rote and it's abstract and you're not sensing that personal attachment to Christ, that living union with Christ that you need to live in today's world, that you need to have a marriage that has a source of charity outside yourself. And so God asked Ezekiel, He says, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Ezekiel, my guess, he says, no, this is washed up. This is too far gone. But he kind of said this. He says, oh, Lord God, thou knowest. And so, you know, he really didn't answer. But God has a resounding yes. For anyone with a sincere heart that wants to draw near to him, he has a resounding yes. And so how did God bring the dry bones back to life? And here it is. The dry bones were exhorted to, quote, hear the word of the Lord. And, you know, we're exhorted to do that in mass when the scriptures are read. It's not just kind of like a warm-up for the Eucharist. No, we're, we're actually to engage. And the same thing comes when you're chapter a day. You want to hear the word of the Lord. And what's the result? An exceeding great host came to life. See, the impossible situation, spiritual death, dry bones, routine, going through the motions, and then all of a sudden it comes to life through hearing the word of the Lord. And Ezekiel goes on to describe the word of the Lord came to these dry bones as the breath of God. And in the Old Testament Hebrew, the word for breath and spirit are the same words. And this immediately goes back to Adam and Eve. They were all set to go. God created them. They were all set to go. But something was needed to bring Adam to life. And God, it says, breathed into his nostrils and mankind became a living being, not a corpse, something living. And see, you can be very much alive physically, but spiritually can be really wrestling with feeling alive in Christ, with feeling close to Christ, 
feeling like you have a living union with Christ. You feel like uh, the Bible is the most distant book in the world. But the idea is truly from your heart, wishing to hear the word of the Lord, God can just breathe in you the very breath of life and bring your spiritual life to an incredible degree, a place where you perhaps didn't even think possible. So that's the positive answer of a chapter a day, connecting that, a chapter a day in the Bible, with your spiritual life. And it's, again, this isn't just a step. Um, I'm talking about drawing near to God with a sincere heart, and you can ask God for help in this in any way possible. He understands perfectly. Just do it. Now, I want to talk at the same time about the power of that chapter a day to keep the negative stuff out of your marriage. And I've mentioned this before. It's called The Power of Four. And there is this huge study done of over 100,000 people. This is perhaps the largest study done among Christians in the history of the church, Uh, 2,000 years. There's been never anything quite like this. And the survey found that if you had a meaningful engagement at least four times a week, so that means you do a chapter a day, and yeah, you might miss a day, you don't beat yourself up. You go back at it. You get back in your in, in your habit of a chapter a day. But if you do it four times a week or more, it, it changes you. It transforms you, not only in the positive ways that I've already mentioned, but keeps you from the negative stuff that will totally mess up your marriage. And so they found, though, if you do less than four times a week, three times a week, it's the same as zero. Two times a week, it's the same as never cracking the Bible. So for whatever reason, developing the habit of a regular, meaningful engagement with Scripture. That's why I'm just saying a chapter a day. Now, what happens when you have a meaningful, four, at least four times a week, engagement with Scripture? Here's what they found, and these are decreases in immoral behavior. Drinking to excess. I'm going to talk about alcohol in a minute. Alcohol in excess has the ability to ruin any marriage, period. And with four times a week or more meaningful engagements with Scripture, drinking to excess decreases 62%. How about viewing pornography? Another thing, I mean, the divorce lawyers are telling us that pornography is involved in like half of the divorces today. That decreases four times or more a week by 59%. How about this? Engaging in sex outside of marriage. Adultery, guaranteed to ruin a marriage. It decreases the probability by 59%. Lying, and particularly lying to a spouse, decreases by 28%. So you see not only the positive of having the positive transforming experience with the love of God through the scriptures dwelling richly in your heart, bringing your spiritual life in a vibrant way, but it also decreases the negative stuff that are just things guaranteed to ruin your marriage. You keep those out of a marriage, then you're well on your way to having a greater probability of 
a lasting, loving marriage. So buy, I recommend the Revised Standard Version, the Catholic edition of it, R-S-V-C-E, and read a chapter a day. And one last thing I need to mention along with this is that you really need to get rid of drinking to excess, corking the bottle, ditching the drugs. If you think uh, marijuana legalization is a great idea, I'm just going to tell you, a head full of smoke, a heart full of drugs or booze is not going to help your marriage. And it's interesting, if you go to our website, dads.org, and there's a section entitled Get Help, and you'll find marriage intensives. And these are special four-day kind of a marriage counseling thing. We have multiple counselors on multiple days, and you really get to the root of healing major hurts in marriages. But guess what? Before you, and these people are smart because otherwise they'd be wasting their breath. Before you can attend a marriage intensive to heal your marriage, you first need to heal the addiction to alcohol and or drugs. Because with that going on, uh, the counseling, the wonderful marriage intensives that have a way of really healing hurting marriages. Again, this is on dads.org. Get help and look for marriage intensives. You first need to tackle the substance abuse. And really, we're living in a world with, uh, you know, marijuana, opioids, uh, drinking to excess. And we're really talking about people who are trying to cure an empty heart. And empty hearts are best filled with God's love. Romans 5.5 says, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, get this. Putting substances, particularly drugs, the opioids, the marijuana, and uh, you say, well, what is that? Because it's just a symptom of an empty heart or drinking to excess. That isn't going to fill your heart because you do need a heart filled with God's love. We have been wounded by sin, but God is capable of restoring us and nurturing us in his love. And when we experience this firsthand, not something abstract, not something out there, not something for father or sister, but for me, that love will transform your marriage. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 221 of Faith and Family. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to order copies of Faith and Family broadcasts and to learn more about Catholic family life.